Garrity pants, World Series pants, and now Veterans Day pants. Those are the pants we've been wearing at Edge of Your Seat Podcast since our last episode. Happy Halloween. It came and went. Happy World Series. It came and went. Astros should not have been in it, more or less win. I don't think they should ever be in it. Sorry if I'm going to be a hater. I will be a hater on the Houston Astros. And today, November 11th, is Veterans Day. Salute to all who have served our country every day, all day. Not just on Veterans Day, but a special, special shout out on Veterans Day. It's been super crazy busy over here. We have been officiating games. We've been at Six Flags, playoff football games on the radio, morning show, Rise and Grind on The Wolf 96.5, Princeton football broadcast on WAJK 99.3. I'm Brandon Lachance, the host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which you're listening to right now, and you can find me absolutely everywhere. Tons of stories for Mendota Reporter and Amboy News and The Paper and Dwight and News Tribune magazines. Lots of things going on. Every fall is super crazy busy, but we also got podcasts to do. This is episode 242. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S. It's plural. Backslash edge of your seat podcast. On the socials, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Wasn't enough room for podcasts, so we just put a P. Could have just put E-O-I-S, but when we first started, nobody knew. Feel free to like, five-star, review, all of those things that push us up the rankings and more visible to help the athletes, the coaches, the programs, everything that's going on in our area, which is northern central Illinois, all over the place, covering like 53 high schools, couple junior colleges, and every single policeman, firefighter, teacher, human being. Doesn't matter what story you got, we'll tell it here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And if you're one of those people that want to tell a story, or you know somebody that wants to tell a story or has a great story, let us know. Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. And always, much love to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the intro and outro beat for this podcast, which is brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. We are lined up with guests on this episode. We got four, four, count them. They're shorter. They're all over the place in terms of time and sports. This is going to be a great, great podcast, just like we try to do every single time. We have Abby Edwards, who went to Dwight High School and then has been playing softball for Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh. Then we got Mac Leonard, whose stepdad was from Dwight. I wrote a story about Abby Edwards and Mac Leonard, the family ties, the Dwight ties, because the very, very beginning of this last softball season, they played against each other because Mac goes to Florida State University. So, because Pitt, FSU, both in the Big East. So, it was a great story written, and it's... (laughs) Just as good on the podcast. Then we have Dixon Jr. Katie Drew, who in the beginning of October, Friday and Saturday, October 7th and 8th, finished fifth at the IHSA Girls Golf Meet. Awesome golfer. Great interview. Fantastic to speak with her. You know what? I think we got five interviews because also with Drew was Dixon coach Lee Eastman, a great coach. Always has fantastic golfers through the program, and we had to have him on talking about Katie. Then, today being Friday, November 11th, tomorrow is the quarterfinals of the football postseason, and we got the Princeton Tigers in the quarterfinals in 3A against IC Catholic. If you know anything about last year's tournament, IC Catholic knocked out Princeton in the quarterfinal round. But in Elmhurst, this time it's going to be in Princeton. I'll be broadcasting the game on WAJK 99.3. So we got his pregame interview. Tons and tons of stuff. We got softball with Abby Edwards and Mac Leonard. We got tennis with Katie Drew and Lee Eastman. And then we got football with Ryan Pearson. This is the podcast to listen to. Let's catch up with Edwards and Leonard. We spoke to them in March. It is now November. So a lot of things that happened. The season that ended just got caught up in the times where 
Edge of Your Seat podcast got behind on interviews. We've said this a few times. We've been catching up and putting them together old, new, to make the show amazing because that's what we do here. So Abby Edwards from Dwight went to Dwight High School. She played in seven games and had three starts in the circle for Pittsburgh. She had 11 Ks and 11 innings. One team shutout that she was accredited with or credited part of. She had a one and two record. Pittsburgh finished 14 and 27. Florida State went 54 and seven, won the ACC championship. They won two rounds in the NCAA before falling in the Tallahassee Regional Final to Mississippi State. Florida State was incredible, 26 and six at home and 19 and one on the road. Mac earned some accolades as she helped Florida State. She was a 2022 NFCA Southeast All-Regional First Team, ACC All-Tournament Team, and All-CC First Team, doing big things for FSU. Mac started in 60 games as her first year as a Seminole. She led the FSU with batting average at 375 as she went 66 of 176. She tied for a team lead with 66 hits. She finished second in doubles with 15. And listen to these other stats. Didn't finish first or second on the team, but 49 RBIs, 8 home runs, and a triple. Oh, and she also pitched 33.1 innings, 16 earned runs, and 24 Ks. Edwards and Leonard were fantastic in college ball. Division one, this is the big leagues. This is the big leagues of college softball, and Edwards and Leonard did their thing. Getting to the golf course, Katie Drew crushed it this fall. She had a fantastic junior season for Dixon, ended tied for fifth at state. I know I already said it, but she was tied for fifth. That is huge. Everybody's shooting for a top 15, top 10 finish, and she goes for fifth. Incredible. Princeton, they got a huge game coming up. They are undefeated, trying to stay that way, and trying to beat revenge. I see Catholic. Man, can you tell I'm excited? I'm excited. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and has over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. We have more to talk about before we get to our amazing interviews. We have breakdowns of boys soccer, volleyball, and football. We'll start with boys soccer. It's finished for 1A. The 1A champs were Q and D, Quincy Notre Dame, as they defeated Althoff Catholic 4-1. Q and D was also the team that knocked Mendota out of a sectional final with a 7-1 score. Quincy Notre Dame holding to the end of their bargain, getting that state championship. In Class 2A, last time we spoke, we had a couple teams left. Sycamore won a regional final, 3-1 over Caneland. However, the Spartans lost in the Glenbard South sectional semifinal, 6-0 to Lamont. We had Geneseo and Sterling locked up for the regional championship, and the Maple Leafs knocked off the Warriors, 5-0, to take the regional plaque. This moved Geneseo into the Washington sectional semifinal against Morton and the Maple Leafs fell their season ending with a 3-0 loss to Morton. Congratulations to Sycamore and Geneseo for fantastic 
regional championship seasons. Big nod to you. I know you want to win state titles and all that good stuff and keep the plaques coming, but a regional is not easy, especially in soccer. The 2A state champs are also in Notre Dame school as Peoria Notre Dame knocked off Chatham Glenwood 3-1 in the state championship. And in 3A, the state champs, Naperville Central, as they defeated Romeoville 1-0. So congrats to those state champs too. We don't cover you on a regular basis, but if you win a state title, you deserve a tip your hat on Edge of Your Seat podcast. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Mendota covered. Go big with Surf and you'll get reliable, fiber-fast internet up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees and you get a low, locked-in price that will never go up. Want to speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Volleyball still in progress. Last episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we were at the regional quarterfinals, some semifinals were done, and a couple regional finals were already set up. Let's update, see where we are now as of November 11th. First, we'll do our teams, as always. In 1A, the Milford Sectional Sub-A Regional Semifinal, Gardner South Wilmington fell to Cisna Park 25-9, 25-9. In the Brimfield Sectional Sub A regional semifinal Flanagan Cornell Woodland, a five seed, defeated number four Brimfield 25 17, 25 22. However, in the regional final, FCW fell to the top seeded Princeville 19 25, 25 19, 25 22. Still a strong way to go out. Three sets and they won one. Good job, FCW. In the Brimfield sectional sub B, number two, Wethersfield met number three, Williamsfield in a regional final. Wethersfield were the champs, 25-17, 24-26, 25-19. They got to a sectional semifinal and did not have the same winning ways as top-seeded Southeastern defeated Wethersfield 25-9, 25-9. in subsectional A, regional semifinals. Number 10, Amboy, forced three sets, but fell to number one, Anawan, 25-14, 17-25, 25-18. And another regional semi, number 15, Leland, fell 25-3, 25-15 to number nine, Aurora Christian. In the regional final, number three, Marquette, defeated number five, Indian Creek, 23-25, 25-21, 25-22, to move to a regional final, where Marquette won a regional plaque, defeating Aurora Christian 25-21, 27-29, 25-22. This regional was full of three-set matches to make it dramatic, but Marquette won the regional. They got to a sectional semifinal, and the winning ways did not pan out as number six River Ridge defeated Marquette 16-25, 25-23, 25-18. In the subsectional B in Forreston, we were already at the regional semifinals, so that's where we'll pick up. Number one, Newark, defeated number eight, Putnam County, 23-25, 26-24, 25-15. Also in the regional semifinal, number 12, St. Bede, defeated number 11, Henry Sinanchuan, 25-19, 25-17, setting up a regional final between Newark and St. Bede, the top-seeded Newark Won it, 25-15, 25-17. The other side of sub B in the regional semis. Number two, Newman defeated number seven, Eastland, 25-19, 27-25. Polo, a nine seed, lost to number three, Fulton, 25-13, 25-22. This put Newman and Fulton in the regional final, and Newman gets the regional championship as they defeated Fulton 21-25, 25-20, 25-14. This put Newman in the sectional semifinal against Newark, and Newman advanced. 
Sterling with the win, 25-13, 25-14. Newman then went on to win a sectional championship, defeating River Ridge, 25-14, 25-17. They get to a super sectional and won again, knocking out top-seeded Southeastern from Augusta, 25-19, 27-25. This put Newman in the state semifinals, the final four. They played at 9 a.m. today. Unfortunately for Newman, they couldn't hang with Freeport-Aquin in the state semifinal as Newman fell 25-13, 25-16. They will now play in the third place game against Norris City at 9 a.m. Saturday at Redbird Arena, ISU, Illinois State University. Newman having a fantastic season. You already know they're on the radar. Edge of your seat podcast. We need some guests. We need a chat. In 2A, we left off at regional finals. Winnebago sectional, sub-A. Number four, Oregon, fell to number one, Rock Falls, 25-18, 25-22. Regional final of the Prairie Central, sub-B. Number 10, Pontiac, lost to number eight, Piatone, 25-16, 20-25, 25-11. And another regional final, Number three, Fieldcrest upset number two, Tri-Valley, 25-21, 26-24. This put Fieldcrest in a sectional semifinal where they knocked off Piatone, 25-20, 25-21. In the Prairie Central sectional final, Fieldcrest finally went down. Not that they wanted to, not that I wanted them to, always want the Knights to win, but they were stopped by IVC, Illinois Valley Central, 2516, 2522. In Class 2A, the state semifinals were also held today. Genoa Kingston advanced and Elmhurst IC Catholic. Man, they're in state brackets, long playoff runs in all sports, it seems like. Well, at least volleyball and football. So that will be the state championship match at 155 Saturday as Genoa Kingston will play IC Catholic. The 3A state championship at 5.30 Saturday is Wheaton St. Francis versus LaGrange, which is Nazareth Academy. Last time we left off, we did have some 3A teams left. Joliet Catholic Academy sectional in a regional final, number three, Morris. Their season was ended by number five, Chicago Marion, 25-18, 25-21. In a 3A Burlington central sectional regional final, Number five, Rochelle, lost to number one, Caneland, 25-33, 25-22. LP sectional, sub-A in a regional final. Dixon, the top seed, defeated number four, Galesburg, 27-25, 25-22. However, the Duchesses lost to number two, Limestone, 25-11, 25-11 in a sectional semifinal. The other side of the LaSalle-Peru sectional, the sub-B in a regional final, number five, LaSalle-Peru, the Lady Cavaliers, lost to number two, Rock Island, 26-24, 25-18. This is where we got to tip our hat to Mark Habercorn, LaSalle-Peru coach, 1,000-1-0-0-0 career victories this season. And with them losing in the regional final, it snaps a streak. Of 12 straight regional championships. That is amazing. Mark Habercorn is a great guy, a great coach, and he has done amazing work at LaSalle, Peru, turning the Lady Cavaliers into a volleyball powerhouse. In 4A, the state championship has Bennett Academy of Lyle, and we're still awaiting the winner of Chicago Mother McCauley and St. Charles East as they started at 8.30 tonight, and it's about 8 55. So they're still going. We'll know what happens next to see who is in the state championship game in 4A, the mothership, the best of the best. The dog days of summer are over. The heat wave of the fall is probably over as we dropped into the 30s today. Yesterday was 77 degrees. I was at the golf course. Whew, it was so amazing. But as I was finishing up, So was the golf course. They were picking up the markers. They were picking up the flags. They were picking up the cups or the holes. Yeah, so sad to know that the golf season is over. But what's not over is fixing your home. Seeing something that needs to be changed, adapted, renovated, 
and making it happen. That's where Olson Construction comes in. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have the skills and over 10 years of experience each to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Football playoffs have come fast and furious. This week is the quarterfinals. We've had the first round and second round with a lot of teams that we pay attention to in the playoffs doing work. So we'll start off with first round, get in the second round, and then we will say who's playing this weekend. First round, class 1A. We had number five, Anna 1, Weathersfield lose to number 12, Rockford Lutheran, 35-19. Also in a first round loss was number seven, St. Bede, who ends at seven and three. Such a great season. Lost to number 10, Forreston, 46-22. In a victory, Ottawa Marquette moves to 9-1 as they defeated number 14, Morrison, 20-6. 2A first round, number 13, Newman. Their season comes to an end at 5-5 after a 42-12 loss to number 4, Rock Ridge, which at that point was 9-1, the only loss coming to Princeton. Speaking of Princeton, 3A first round, the top-seeded Tigers beat number 16, Piatone, 56-28, moving Princeton to 10-0. Number two, Reed Custer cruised to a 77-24 win against number 15, Chicago Carver, in the first round, moving Reed Custer to 10-0. Number three, Seneca moved to 10-0 as they defeated number 14, Winnebago, 48-20 to stay alive. Also staying alive was six-seeded Byron as they defeat number 11, Lyle, 52-7, this setting up Seneca versus Byron in a second round matchup. We'll get to that in just a second. In class 4A, first round, number seven, Rochelle, moved to eight and two on the season as they beat number 10, Dixon, 42 to 36. Dixon's season ending at six and four. Geneseo came in as a 16 seed with a five and four record. They went to five and five, falling to number one, Carterville, 36 to seven. Number eight, Cole City moves to seven and three after the first round as they defeated number nine, East Alton, 22 to six. Getting a tough draw in the first round, number 15, Hall, Putnam County, lost to number two, Sacred Heart Griffith, 55 to six. Hall with a surprising five and five record. Only say surprising because nobody knew what they were going to do. And as they won a couple games, they're like, oh, wow, Hall could really make the playoffs. And they did. Congrats to the Red Devils and all the teams that made the playoffs. It's not easy. Not easy, my friends. Speaking of not easy, Class 5A first round. The top-seeded Sycamore Spartans, they move on, defeating number 16 Chicago Westinghouse, 54-13. Sterling moves to 8-2 as they defeated number 12 Arlington Heights, St. Vieter, 34-17. Number 16, Ottawa, ends their season at 5-5 as they lost to number one, Muhammad Seymour, 40-14. Another shout-out to Ottawa. No one thought that they were going to go 5-5, make the playoffs. They played amazing this season. Also in 5A, first round, number four, Morris, moved to 8-2 as they defeated LaSalle, Peru, who was a 13 seed, 42-17. Hats off to LaSalle, Peru, 5-5 on the season. Also played some great football. In 7A, the 23rd seeded DeKalb Barbs fell to Moline, 21-13. DeKalb finished their season 6-4. Man, 7A is tough. DeKalb always has a great program. 21-13 in the first round. That's how tough it is. That is how tough it is. In 8-man football, 5th seeded Amboy defeated number 12 Blue Ridge 48-0. I was there. Covering it for Amboy News. Amboy looked good. Really good. Senior quarterback Tucker Lindenmeyer is back and played really well after not playing since week four. This moves us to the second round. Starting with 1A. 
Marquette, the three seed, their season ends with a 32-9 loss to number 11, Dakota. Marquette finishing at 9-2, another great season. In 3A, Princeton moves to 11-0. They lost four fumbles, but still found a way to defeat number 8, Genoa Kingston, 26-2. Princeton plays IC Catholic. I've said it about five times in this podcast, and I'm going to keep saying it because I'm ready for this game. Can Princeton get revenge on IC Catholic? That is the true question. Also in 3A, number two, Reed Custer moves to 11-0, stays undefeated, stays in the playoff bracket as they defeated number seven, Dupec, 24-6. Byron and Seneca locked up in a local meeting in the second round and Byron escapes, but pretty easily, 56-21 as the number six Tigers defeated the number three Fighting Irish. Seneca ends at 10-1 and Byron is now 10-1 also. This sets up the quarterfinal between number two, Reed Custer, and number six, Byron. Byron's only lost one game. It was to Stillman Valley the very first week of the season. If you don't remember, Byron was undefeated last year and the 3A state champ. They're not going down easy. This is going to be a very, very tough task for Reed Custer and for Byron because Reed Custer's been putting 70 on everybody. I am going to be paying attention to every second of that game. In 4A, number 7, Rochelle moved to 9-2 as they defeated number 15, Johnsburg, 34-22. Rochelle is in the quarterfinal against number 3, Wheaton St. Francis, who is 10-1 on the season. They will play at 2 p.m. Saturday in Rochelle. Also in 4A, number 8, Cole City. The Kohler's season ends at 7-3 as they lost to Carterville, 22-0. Carterville undefeated 11-0 in the number one seed in 4A, the South Bracket. In 5A, Sycamore still in the bracket as they stayed undefeated 11-0 with a second round win against number nine, Mundelein Carmel, 43-0. Sterling also stayed alive, moving to 9-2 as they cruise past number four, Chicago Good, 50-8. This is setting up another, another battle a huge collision of colossal juggernauts as sterling and sycamore will play in a quarterfinal at 1 p.m saturday at sycamore i will also be paying attention to every single play of that one might be doing a princeton broadcast but i will have the twitter open i will be paying attention to see what is going on also in 5-8 number four more staying alive as they move to nine and two with a 56-0 win over Centralia. Morris will meet number one Muhammad Seymour in the quarterfinal, which will be 4 p.m. Saturday at Morris. In eight-man football, Amboy escaped Milford with a hair of their chinny-chin-chin. Great game for Amboy. Man, let's break this down a little bit. So I talked to Coach Scott Payne after it for a story. Amboy's trailing midway through the fourth. They score a touchdown. Milford trying to take the lead. It's fourth and goal on the Amboy three-yard line. They tackle the guy before he gets to the end zone and then strip the ball. Quinn Leffelman, an amazing sophomore, picks up the ball. It's over. There's two seconds left on the clock. Game over. Score the go-ahead touchdown midway through the fourth quarter after not leading at all throughout the whole game. They had two turnovers in the first half that, you know, Milford capitalized on. And then Amboy steps up, gets the touchdowns they need, and the big, big, big defensive stop. So Amboy, with all the momentum in the world, is going to host number eight St. Thomas Moore at 2 p.m. Saturday in Amboy. The winner of Amboy and Milford will play the winner of West Central and Polo. Also paying attention to Polo, they have a tough task. Is West Central a number one seed and really, really really good. They will play at 1 p.m. Saturday in Polo. Such a great football season. It has been so fun to be a part of it. Watch everything that's going on. Man, 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 man. Football at its finest in Illinois right now. And we got just a few games left. Quarterfinals, then the state semifinals, and then championship third place games. Man, 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 man. Great time to be in Illinois paying attention to football. 
That's a wrap of the intro. We have five amazing interviews. Abby Edwards, Mac Leonard, Katie Drew, Lee Eastman, and Ryan Pearson. Time to get to them. And time to think that the Houston Astros never won a World Series. Until next time, peace. All right. When, what year did you graduate, Dwight? Uh, 2018. Awesome. So you're a junior or a senior? I'm a senior this year. Do you still got a COVID year, a redshirt year, anything like that? Yeah, I'm going to take the COVID year next year. Perfect. Uh-huh. Academically, you're a senior, but you still have another year left to play softball. Yeah, I am academically, but I also, I have two degrees that I'm going to be graduating with, so I actually have one more year until I can actually graduate. Okay. What are it's, your... like, it's like a semester and a few classes. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. What's your degrees in? I'm a biology, and it's uh, actually, it's biological sciences, and then administration of justice. Perfect. What are you trying to do with your life when you get older? I'm actually going to officer candidate school for the Marine Corps. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm guessing you're a lifelong softball player. Sorry, I'm not from the Dwight area, so if I'm asking you a dumb question, it's because I'm not from here. So. It's okay. Yeah, I am. I've been playing since I was really young. I don't know what age, but. Pretty much ever since I could start. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And now you're a pit, right? Yes. I mean, what does it mean for you? I mean, even though you may not want to, some kids are like, hey, I'm out of high school. That stuff doesn't matter. But to your parents, to the community, it's like, hey, this representative, this native of Dwight is representing us on the Division One scale. What does that mean for you to be able to do that for the community, the village of Dwight? Actually, it means a lot to me, actually, because I know that not a lot of kids um, do go play at the Division One level that are from Dwight. I don't know how to say it. I'm just, like, the type of person that has a lot of pride in, like, where I'm from. So just, like, being able to be the one that got to go play softball at the Division One level, it just means a lot to me. And I want to be a good example for um, the younger girls uh, at Dwight that also want to go play college sports. And that just means a lot to me. So awesome. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But... No, you said it perfectly. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Good job. That was perfect. By saying that, when did you, when you're playing your junior high, high school, when did it sink in for you that like, hey, you know, I could probably do something here. I might be able to go play college. I might be able to go to the next level. When did that really start kicking in? And what did you do to try to make it happen? I have always wanted to play college softball, like, ever since I was little. But then when I would, I'd say when I was a freshman um, in high school going into my sophomore year, or, like, my my freshman year most mostly, um, I started realizing what it would take for me to go play college softball. And I started definitely putting in a lot more work and, like, actual work. Like, before I thought I was working hard, but then... Um, at that point in high school, I really, like, started kicking it into a, a new gear, you know? And I also started uh, playing travel ball, like, for a more serious team that kind of, like, went all over the country. And I started to see, like, what those older girls had gone through to go play in college. So I now I, like, knew what I needed to do. <laughs> for sure. What is a piece of advice or something that you would say to a Dwight softball player now that would come up to you and be like, hey, what did you do or what should I do to try to prepare myself or try to get to Division One ball? Really just putting in as much work as you can. Hard work is so important. And something that I would have told myself would uh, to be more intentional with everything that I do, especially when I was practicing and uh, working like to go play softball in college. Quality reps over quantity. I was a kid that would constantly like hit as many reps as I could do whatever you know but if I could go back and like actually put more focus on what I was doing and have more quality reps that would that would have been really helpful to me and I was told to do that but as a kid I you know I just wanted to hit more even if I wasn't doing it right but really doing things right that's yeah that's what I'd say working really hard but having a purpose behind it do you ever see any Dwight people around besides, like, your mom and dad? I know when I first reached out, you were playing uh, Florida State, and there was a girl whose 
parents, I believe, are from Dwight. Uh, Mackenzie Leonard, have you heard of her? Yeah, she plays at Florida State now. She was at Illinois State. Yeah, I've been playing her for a while. <laughs> Played her in travel ball, I think, a couple times. Not too many times, but... And then we also played Illinois State um, last season, so, like, I knew of her. And, yeah, I don't really see many people, like, you mean, like, come to visit me, like, come to see my games and stuff, or, like, just, like, playing people. Or just in general, either maybe not friends or family, but people, you know, you see around the softball world. I mean, um, as big and as vast as the world is, you know, it's small, too. So you run into people that you never thought you'd run into. Okay, I see what you mean. Um, I don't necessarily always play the people that I played in high school, but I definitely know of them and hear of their stats and stuff constantly. Like, just girls from the area, I definitely pay attention to that stuff because it's I don't know it means a lot when you see people from your own state and like your own area that are also doing similar things to what you're doing what is your so your dad's name is Dan what's your mom's name Rachel do you miss Dwight being out in Pittsburgh yes I do miss being home uh I mean I love Pittsburgh I think it's it's definitely something different uh, it's because it's a bigger city, and um, but I definitely miss being home. Whenever I get to go home, it's like it feels really good, and especially when I get to go back to um, our softball field in Dwight and like either practice there or see other people playing. It's like, dang, I really like that, <laughs> and getting to see everybody. <laughs> Definitely. After you graduate from college and you're, you know, starting to get into the career world and you know adult life. Could you see yourself going back to Dwight? Or are you going to stay around Pittsburgh or you go to a city? Do you have any plans yet or you, those are still up in the air? It's still up in the air, but I probably, when it's all said and done, I won't be living in a city. I'll probably live somewhere, either near Dwight or similar to Dwight, whether it's, like, it could be, like, any state. I don't know, but just a small town. I'm more of a small town girl. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that is all I had to ask you. I can let you go. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So you are at Florida State. This is your senior year? Technically, it's my senior year academically, but my redshirt junior year um, on the field. Gotcha. Do you got a COVID year too? Yeah. So I played my freshman, sophomore, and junior years at ISU. But I'll get this year and next year because of COVID, so I'll finish out and I'll get two years here at Florida State. That's pretty cool. Crazy D1 yeah. school, and you guys are rocking 19 and 1, right? Yeah. I was looking at your numbers. You're a beast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> For sure. What positions do you play? Uh, right now, mostly first base, and I'll get in a, to pitch every so often with Florida State, uh, but really just first base. Kind of utility, like they'll put me in the outfield if that's where they need me, depending on like just how the lineup falls, but I would say right now first base, and then just my bat is a kind of biggest asset. Definitely. Were you mainly a pitcher at uh, ISU? Yeah, I was mainly a pitcher at DH when I was at ISU, and... I would play outfield sometimes, but in first sometimes, but mostly it was pitching or DH. You like first base? Yeah, I do. It's pretty fun. It's different than outfield and different from pitching, obviously, but um, it's also still like a leadership kind of role in the field because you touch the ball, I think, more than, like, obviously more than your outfielders. You're not like a pitcher-catcher touching it every single play, but you still get a lot of action. You still got to communicate, so we just kind of uh, try to be like one heartbeat on the infield and as a team and just work together. Uh, when I was talking to Tom, you said that you decided to transfer from ISU to Florida State because you wanted more of a challenge. Even though ISU is D1, I mean, Florida State's, you know, an elite program. Uh, just kind of speak on that and, you know, why you decided to change and, and how you like the results so far. I really like it here. The weather is phenomenal. I love waking up every day and it's warm outside, the sun's shining. Um, everyone thinks, like, because you're in Florida, it rains a lot. Really, it hasn't rained much here. I really enjoy the program and how everything's run. Everything is super transparent, but we also like one big family here. Uh, we truly all love each other and we all want to play for one another. We know our roles, whether that's um, like DH, pitch.
since your first base or if you're a pinch hitter every so often or if you're more of a base runner, like everyone does know their roles so like coach does a great job making it clear to everybody here how long have you been in florida then living there living here i've been living here since about august I am jealous, but I can't really say anything. You know, as an old guy, I've been had the opportunity to get out of Illinois many times, but I always come back, so it is what it is. Yeah, see, I don't see myself really coming back to Illinois. I think I like it too much down in the south. There you go. Good stuff. What year did you graduate from Dwight? I didn't graduate from Dwight. I graduated from normal community. Gotcha. Did you go to Dwight at all? No, I was, I was born and raised in normal Illinois. Okay, okay, but Tom is from Dwight. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the connect. Cool, cool. So you graduated from Normal Community in what year? 2018. So you don't have any connects to Dwight at all except for Tom? Nope, just Tom. Does he always talk about Dwight? Or does he ever talk about it? He, yeah, he does. He'll bring up, like, a bunch of stories from his past and, like, his brothers and his sister Jane. Um, obviously, like, his kids and his grandkids. Um, some of them, his kids are, don't live in Dwight anymore. Uh, some live in uh, Normal, and then there's Washington, Illinois. One of them actually lives in Tampa. His youngest, Jake, is kind of back and forth between Chicago and Normal. Being from Illinois, you know, Normal, Dwight, not too far from each other, an hour and a half or so. And then you yeah, guys are, you know, ACC rival schools, big time softball. You know, that's got to be kind of cool, the little tie in there. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, you definitely kind of notice like that when you start playing other teams. Like you get to know like other girls kind of across the country, either they're from your area or other like girls on your team know other girls, and you just kind of like keep up with how other people are doing and other teams are doing, just because you're all playing the same game on such a national level that it's so interesting to see like where people came from, who they know, how they know them. Like we talk about that stuff all the time in the locker room. So it probably happens to just about everybody. Yeah. Obviously, fantastic softball player. What got you into that sport instead of, you know, doing something else, put your time, you know, your commitment into softball? When I was young, I was actually in just about every sport. I swam, I played tennis, I played soccer, volleyball, and softball. As I grew up, I would have to pick and choose between a sport depending on season, and eventually it got narrowed down between softball and volleyball. In my eighth grade year, I played my last volleyball games. Like I didn't do any more travel, and I focused on softball because I knew that that's what I wanted to play in college. And I was kind of in my head, I was like, what's the point of playing another sport when I could be doing workouts in the morning and after school instead of going to volleyball practice, which wasn't going to a softball practice. So I kind of thought of it more logically and like for the long term and kind of thought ahead and it's uh very i think it's very much paying off for myself right now i would say i mean you're at florida state yeah <laughs> uh, what are you going to school for because of how credits transferred over from ISU, I'm just kind of in a general studies, interdisciplinary social science major, which will get me um, a degree, but next year I'll be in the sport management master's, and I'll get my master's in sports management here at FSU. Gotcha. Is that kind of what you want to do, is stay in sports and make that your career? Yeah, yeah I'm going to do it. I'll figure out something to keep me in sports, but I don't know exactly what career path I'll be taking after I play softball. Uh, while you're at Florida State, you know, moving on, you, you know, you got a couple more years, ACC. Uh, what are some, kind, you know, goals or things that you set out? You're like, hey, while I'm here, this is what I want to do. Biggest goal is obviously national championship. We want to be the last team standing in OKC, and I think we have what it takes to get it done. ACC championship, regular season, and the tournament. And just to, like, grow and develop here as a player and learn as much as I can. But really, I just want, I want to see this team succeed more than anything. Yeah, you didn't set goals low or anything. I like it. No, yeah. We, we don't have small goals here. We got big goals, and we have small goals to help us get there, us there along the way. For sure, for sure. It's how it should be. I mean, I really love it here. I'm really happy that I'm here, and I think that I made the greatest decision for myself. Uh, the fan base is really accepting of me, and so has the team, and kind of just this university, because uh, this softball team look, is looked at like very highly upon. Um, across the university and across Tallahassee and I just feel really accepted and at home here and I really love it and I'm glad I decided to come to Florida State. I will be forever jealous of your weather compared to Illinois' weather. Yeah, it is pretty nice here. Thank you for uh, taking a few you know, minutes out of your time and I know it's you know an hour later there so thanks for uh, doing the late night call too. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Weather getting a little windy out here. 
watching things blow around. But it was just a pretty nice weekend. State golf. And we have, have to, have to talk to Dixon Jr., Katie Drew, on the show. Katie, I mean, you had to have a blast at state golf competition. Definitely. I look forward to it every year. As long as I can make it down, it's always a great time. So we had a lot of fun. And this isn't your first go-around. Nope. Uh, second year, but lucky enough to improve on what I did last year. So. And it would have been your third year. Yeah, COVID got in the way of that, but lucky to at least get to go down the last couple of years. Definitely. What is it about state competition that makes it so awesome that everybody's like, hey, I want to be there? It's obviously the end goal every year. We always try. That's kind of the main goal in high school season. And then when you get down there, it's just a lot of people who all love the game of golf. And we go down and just have fun for a few days. You kind of make like a fun event out of it. It's just not simply playing golf. No, it's not. The first day we go down and play practice round, but then it's always you see people you played with over the summer or even people from your conference, and it's kind of fun to just reconnect, go play golf, and then it's kind of rewarding to be down there what we worked for all summer and season. What is the best things about your game? What are your strengths that you rely on to help you in these competitions? Probably short game. I think that's the most important, but finding fairways, finding greens, and then trying to putt, get a par, and see what else happens. And it seemed to work for you this year. Yeah, it definitely did this year. So finish fifth at state. I mean, you know, going in, you always want to win or finish high. When you took fifth, what was going through your mind? I guess I was a little surprised. My goal going down there was uh, to finish in the top 15. And then after day one, I was pretty high up. And then told myself, just continue what I did yesterday and we'll see what happens. And no, I was I was really happy. Going into day two, was there any nerves, you know, knowing that you're that high? Like, oh my gosh, how am I going to stay doing this? Or or were you like, hey, I did well the first day, time to do well the second day as well? Yeah, well, the first day I went in with no nerves, like, I made it down here, let's just have fun. And then going into day two, I definitely was like, well, I'm up here now, so i am got to have another good round, which luckily I did. Very cool. What got you into golf? I mean, golf is kind of a sport where, you know, not everybody's like, oh, it's awesome. It kind of gravitates towards certain people or they get gravitated, you know, vice versa. So what brought you into the game? Yeah, my dad signed me up for a junior camp going into eighth grade, played in that and kind of just fell in love. And then when everything shut down for COVID, it was kind of one of the only things open I could go do and just fell in love with it then. Gotcha. So you're like, hey, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere, but I can get to the golf course. Yeah, it's about what I did every day for three months. And I'm guessing your game improved. Oh, tremendously. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what have you seen improve, you know, from year to year? Obviously, you qualify as a freshman, but, you know, COVID, you can't play in the state tournament. Sophomore, you go to state. Junior, you go to state. What have you seen progress in your game that has made you a better golfer? Well, I think confidence comes with golf. You know, you see improvement. So the swing's improved, obviously, but it all comes with you know, focus and confidence. And I think golf is uh, mostly a mental game. So having a better mental attitude, I guess, going into it has definitely helped a lot. I 1 million percent agree with you. I think it's probably 85 percent mental. Uh, what are some things that you tell yourself or, you know, try to get you over those bad stretches where, you know, you're bogeying or double bogeys and stuff like that. And you're like, ah, I got to get out of this. What do you tell yourself in your mind to help you do that? Yeah, I just tell myself that golf's not a perfect game. Everybody has bad shots. Just got to move on. As frustrated as I might be after a double bogey, it just, it's just a game of golf. It happens. But you don't get any double bogeys, do you? <laughs> uh, plenty of them, yes. <laughs> uh, it's just one of those deals in the game of golf like they're going to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. How did you fare on Prairie Vista in Bloomington, the course that IHSA State Golf has played on every single year? You know, you've been there before, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a unique, different course compared to other ones that, you know, Dixon would play throughout the year. Well, so our boys played at Prairie Vista. We played down at Red Tail Run in Decatur. The girls did. Truth, truth. Thank you for correcting me on that. And that's also, you know, a kind of unique, different course. How how did you take into that course then? Yeah, that one's definitely weird. It's about fairways and fescue. It's about all you find on that course. But I, I like that course. I enjoyed it. Played there a few times this summer. And it's probably, it honestly might be my favorite course. Really? 
Yeah, I really, really like that course. Nice. So did that have some factor into, you know, placing so high? Well, it helps with the confidence, like we said, with mental. But, um, yeah, playing down there in a couple tournaments, I knew the course felt comfortable and just gave it my best run at it. Got one more year to go. What are some things that, you know, you've seen this year that you're like, hey, I could do better, I could do better? I know I want the best all-around game, but what are a couple of different intangibles that you have kind of put as number one priorities to improve on? Yeah, well, we have a few fixes in the swing we want to fix, maybe hit it a little farther. But then, I guess mental still, I, there's still areas in my mental game that can be touched up and more confident heading into next season and hopefully finish better, I guess. It seems like every single year, Dixon has a great or two great, three great golfers on the squad. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with Coach Lee Eastman, but you being part of the program, what is it about Dixon Golf that seems like every year, you know, there's really good golf? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Coach Eastman puts in a lot of time with us over the summer, gives us a lot of opportunities to get on out on the course. We have summer practices. We meet three times a week over the summer. The Dixon program has a lot of opportunities for us to show up and get better, and I think that's why you see a lot of talented golfers come through here. That's a pretty good segue to get Coach Eastman on on the phone, huh? I think so. (laughs) Coach Eastman, I mean, we just talked about it, having great golfers come in your program. Seems like year after year. I mean, and uh, Katie, you got her one more year, seems to be doing everything you ask of her. Oh, she does. Um, probably the best athlete I've ever coached, and I've coached a lot of different sports. Uh, she is a sponge uh, when it comes to learning, and uh, her work ethic is unbelievable. I mean, I could tell you, but you you just wouldn't believe how many hours she puts in over the summer and how many tournaments she actually gets in in the summer, too. So, uh, yeah, she makes uh, my job as coach uh, real easy. When she first came in as a freshman, what were some things that you instantly like, hey, we need to change, hey, this is perfect? When she first came in, what were some molding things that you did as a coach? Well, first thing I noticed, she had a big inside-out swing, so she had this looping hook. Uh, But I could tell that um, the power was there, and you could, just by the way she carried herself and the way she swung the club, that I was dealing with a true athlete. I mean, they laughed at me, but I told them, Right off the bat, this girl will be going to state probably her freshman year, and she did not disappoint. I think she averaged uh, 44 her freshman year, and this year broke the school record for highest uh, average for the season at a 30, just over 38. Yeah, so coming in, I, I knew, I could tell there wasn't going to be much that I had to change. We had to fix that hook, but... Uh, it, it didn't take long. She did a little standing up with her chipping and putting, which um, was probably the hardest thing to change overall, and that really wasn't that bad. She she got through that. And now, uh, luckily, we're just at the point where, where she learned how to play the play the game, you know, and, and where to hit the ball. So when she went down to state, you had all kinds of confidence in her that she could finish in the top ten. Yeah. Now, her sophomore year, we struggled a little bit with nerves. I don't know that top 10 was was there, but this year for sure. I mean, in the back of my mind, any coach would would think their kid could win the thing. But realistically, I I thought top 10, and and I think we were both surprised to see uh, fifth. And and honestly, she was not that far off of third. So there were a couple of really good girls at the top. But Katie stepped up this year, and her focus was uh, was unbelievable. So now it's only, you know, normal to say, hey, there's a great chance that you could win this next year. I don't know how you couldn't. The top two girls shot under par this year, and, and they're gone. Uh, so, and Katie finished top public school finisher, too. She's got the confidence. Uh, she knows she what she can do under pressure, and the sky's the limit. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that first tournament in the summer. Katie, we've talked a lot about confidence and you building it up through the years. Having a coach like Lee Eastman, you know, talk about you like that and say, hey, her confidence stepped up. You could see it in the game. How does that make you feel to say, hey, uh, he thinks I could win? Oh, it feels good. We actually had a conversation a few days ago with a couple of them leaving. And we said, we're going to outwork these other couple girls next year. And then we're going to go down and give it an even better run than we did this year. That's awesome. You're like, hey, I got one more year. I'm going to make it the best and I'm going to put in the work. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah, what else we got to do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, 
Katie Drew, Lee Eastman, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and congratulations on a great season on the golf course. Thank you. We appreciate it. Want to make the call right now, and my phone says that this is one of my top reached out to contacts. We're talking about Ryan Pearson, the Princeton football coach. You are one of my top contacts. We talk every week, and we have a huge week to talk about this week as we are in the quarterfinals of the Class 3A bracket, and we got IC Catholic on the docket. Coach Pearson, I know your team has been waiting for this one after IC Catholic knocked you guys out of the playoffs last year at the very same round. You get who you play, but at the same time, you know, we've, we've definitely had this this rematch, you know, circled on our calendar, and we're excited for the opportunity. We're glad that we get a chance to get those guys at home, you know, in the jungle, as opposed to, you know, having to travel up to Elmhurst like what we did last year. So we're, we're going to prepare as, as, as much as we can, and we're hoping for a little bit better result this time. I see Catholic was ranked number one in 3A in the state throughout the whole year. You guys started at six, went to four, got to three. I mean, you guys have been comparable all season long. How is that, you know, affecting the players going into the game? Is it like, hey, we got to beat them revenge factor? Or what is the mentality for the Tigers going into this? Well, to be honest, Brandon, we really just treat it, you know, just as another opportunity, you know, and and our ultimate goal is, is obviously – you know, to be reaching the state championship game. So this is just kind of another game, you know, on the road to our ultimate goal. I don't know if there's so much as, you know, a revenge factor. You get into the quarterfinals, semifinals, you know, it doesn't matter who you play. Every single team that you're going to be going up against is going to be a tough challenge for you. You know, our kids, you know, a little disappointed, you know, in the way that we played last week. You know, obviously we got a big win at home second round against Joe Kingston, but, you know, we had seven fumbles in that football game, and, you know, we hadn't had seven fumbles cumulative through our first ten games, you know, throughout the season, so, um, you know, that's that's something that we addressed, and, you know, we've got to shore those types of things out, because, you know, you, you get a, a tough football game, you can't be turning the ball over like that, especially, you know, two times inside our own red zone. That was something I was going to bring up. I had you guys losing four, and I think you have not even lost four fumbles throughout the entire regular season. I know you want to shore that up. Uh, There was a couple penalties. That has been something that the Tigers have been going through all season. What are some things that you guys are trying to do? I guess X's and O's or something that you are like trying to put in the kids' heads so this doesn't happen again, especially against IC Catholic. Well, it's pretty much just getting down to the fundamentals, you know, and making sure that our kids are, you know, carrying the ball high and tight, you know, points of pressure, you know, things that, that we stress, you know, all the time with our ball carriers. And just we just need to reemphasize those types of things. Sometimes you get into a, a big game and, and, you know, you start, you know, doing maybe a little bit more X's and O's and things of that nature. But the name of this game is, is blocking and tackling and, you know, the, the fundamentals that, that go along with it, you know. And that's probably my fault, but, uh, you know, we had to get back to some of that and just make sure that, that we shore those things up so that way it doesn't happen again, you know, on Saturday. Immaculate Conception, I know you have already watched film. You've been doing your research. Do you see any differences in their team from last year to this year? Well, I definitely think that they are a little bit wider open uh, this year just because, um, you know, I, I thought they graduated some some really good players that, that play tight end for them. You know, they've got some great athletes, so they're definitely trying to spread the ball out more and, and get their athletes out in space. And, you know, we all know the, you know, K.J. Parker kid, he's electric. You know, he's got Big Ten, SEC offers. The Gibson kid that they put in the backfield, he's, he's a very good football player. So, you know, our biggest thing going in is, is we know they have good athletes. You know, but we have to, number one, we have to tackle well in space and and limit, you know, their big plays because a lot of times you're, you're on film, we'll see those guys make a, you know, quick screen catch and, and boom, next thing you know, they're, they're taking it 75 yards down the sideline. So we have to make sure that we rally to the ball and, and tackle well in space. And we've got to do uh, a much better job this year of running the football. You know, I think last year we did not do a very good job running the ball against them. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, your your offense is, is 
emphasis this this week, and you know, hopefully we come out and, and execute you know that game plan well. I know I'm already excited to watch this game, broadcast this game. I've been excited since the playoffs started, and I saw that this was going to happen, or could happen. You know, I didn't have a crystal ball and knew who was going to be who. But I was so excited for this game to happen. It's going to. We will be there Saturday, 1 p.m. at Princeton in the jungle. Coach, go Tigers. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon.